1: Don't learn from my mistakes. Tuck that shirt in before you cartwheel. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I suppose you took care of the problem. (laughs) With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson.
0: A parapluie is actually umbrella and a pomplum is a grapefruit.
1: A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. Moving into high school cringe. I mean, that's the worst con. We think eighth grade is bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about our cringiest moments remembered.
0: I mean, I am the queen of the... I don't wake up at three o'clock in the morning cringing, but right before I go to bed, I get the like... (sighs) I can't believe I asked her if she was pregnant and she wasn't. I will say I haven't done that since I was in the eighth grade because I've had it happen to me so many times. I have a very specific four month pregnant body. Like I just, especially since having kids, I always look like I'm four months pregnant. I'm now aging out. I would hope at some point of being asked if I'm pregnant, but man, it's not slowing down the people asking Amy. I get asked like once a month and I'm just like, people, please stop asking me if I'm (laughs) pregnant. I need a, like a, tattoo on my
1: forehead that says, not pregnant, don't ask. Do not approach. I'm still cringing. We interviewed Vanessa Curl Bennett and Cara Natterson, who are the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. And they reminded me of one of my totally cringy moments, which was when I said to a kid, never do this, guys. Said to a kid, so what are you like in fourth grade? Eighth grade. While his sister was like, ha ha. And he was mortified. And of course, he shouldn't be mortified. It is I who should be mortified for making the sin of guessing somebody's age. Like, just don't do it. Don't do it. I'm cringing about that one still. Yeah.
0: I had my kid at the airport every time. They're like, and how old are you? Let me guess. Seven. He's like, I'm
1: 13. It's just stinks. (laughs) Stinks. Don't do it. First, we have a good mailbag. It'll make you feel better before we start cringing again
2: yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait, wait yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag.
1: So, Carly on Facebook wrote in to say, My mom just called me to say the doctor she sees every month to get her blood test done was having a hard time with her three year old last month at her mother's appointment the previous month. So, my mom told her about what fresh hell. And today, when my mom went back in for blood work, the doctor was raving about how much the podcast has helped her. We love it. Thanks, Carly's mom.
0: Spread the word out there, people. Tell people, don't get a not pregnant, don't approach forehead tattoo. Get a you should be listening to the What Fresh Hell podcast for
1: Ask me about What Fresh Hell. We'd love it. Thank you.
0: As always, we went to our Facebook page to say, friends, what is your cringe? What is the dumb, stupid thing you've done wrong? You know, not the like terrible tragedy, just the slightly stupid thing. Not I yeah, married the wrong not person. A, <laughs> little stupid thing. I'm not saying you didn't marry the wrong person. You may well have married the wrong person. That's <laughs> not what we're talking about right now. We are talking about the simpler things. Jenna starts us off strong. When I was pregnant with my second, I was discussing baby names with my in-laws and said we were really undecided. My mother-in-law said, what about Daz? I thought she was making it up as a joke. So I chucklingly said, what the hell kind of name is Daz? Only to be greeting with a deafening silence because that was her father's name. Here's a tip, because we've all done this. Like Amy comes to me and she's like, I finally broke up with my boyfriend. And I'm like, thank God. He's such a scumbag always hated him. He has that weird smell. And why does he wear that weird
1: shirt with the toucan on it? Right. And you just go all in. By breakup, I meant I have a ring on my finger now, two weeks later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Four days later, it's like we're back together. And like, you can't unring that bell. You can't shut the door on like toucan shirt and he has a weird smell. So I think with names in general, one has to be careful. I also think we're understanding more and more that People are from different places than like the places where we name people like Jennifer and Carl. Yeah, that's right. And so that you will hear a name. I just think, what the hell kind of name is fill in the blank? Probably time to leave our repertoire.
1: But in defense of Jenna, if the mother-in-law was like, what about DDoS, which is my father's name? It's a family name. This is spelled D-I-D-A-C-E per Jenna. It's definitely... An unusual choice. But generally, if somebody's bringing up a name, it's not because they hate it, right? So just take that. This is what I'm saying. I have a related cringe. I have like a friend of a friend. I won't give too many details to not divulge who I'm talking about. But they were called, like, we have a new baby. The baby's born. And her name is, I'm going to say DDoS because we've already been talking about DDoS. So let's just say, my friend is called, uh, the baby's born and her name is DDoS. And my friend chuckled and said, no, seriously, What'd you name her? The name is, that's her name. Now, this is somebody that they see all the time and the kid's like 17 now, but still, it's smarts. Let's just say that smarts still.
0: My mom famously had a friend over. I had been born and this friend had had a baby and she made a meatloaf. This is like such a 70s thing. It's not even going to read to people. You used to have meatloaf wrapped in pastry. It was called meatloaf en croute. At least we did in our family. It was like a giant, I don't know, kind of beef Wellington for like not fancy people. A beef Wellington with meatloaf, right, right. And then my mom, like it, we always had it for Super Bowl Sunday and it was shaped like a football and it would have laces on it. But anyway, she made a meatloaf to welcome this, I think like colleague of my dad's and spell the two babies names out in the crust of the meatloaf and put the wrong name for the, I mean, it was like the baby's name was Frank and she put like Justin. I mean, they weren't even close. And then she was like, they had to sit there and eat the meatloaf for an hour, <laughs>
1: With the wrong name, which means that's your name now. We have a related cringe.
0: Yeah, and like someone, it was someone else's kid's name, and the lady was like, thanks. And it took her like a long time to be like, why does the meatloaf
1: say Justin on it? Say Justin. This tradition, this meatloaf on crew tradition. So Charmaine was sitting with her kid. It looks like maybe like a sporting event or something. They're sitting in stands. Her child says to her, I know what we should name our baby. And Charmaine says, what? And her daughter says, Pearl. And Charmaine says, yeah, I mean, maybe if it was the 1890s. Then from the parents sitting directly in front of her came the words, great job today, Pearl. Their (laughs) Their daughter's name was Pearl. She's supposed to see them every week. Always awkward when you're like, what kind
0: of people do this in a crowd? And like, someone's like, it's definitely me. And why did you...
1: We're not judging, but we are taking like, okay, so we're not going to guess how old people are and we're not going to comment on names being not good names.
0: Yeah. Or I'm going to take the other side, which is like, cringe happens and like, sorry, it happens. You know, like you're going to mess it up. There's no way you can do everything perfectly correctly. (laughs) Chelsea says when she was in college, she went to an office supply store and a customer asked where something was. And I said, we have a menage a trois of options on aisle three. She meant to say menagerie, but it still keeps her up late at night over a decade
1: later. That's pretty, I mean, I love this one. The woman, I'm assuming it's a female customer. We don't know what customer it is. I think the customer probably just chuckled and moved on. I don't think that customer was thinking about it 10 minutes later, let alone 10 years later. Or are they? Are they somewhere dunning out right now? Like, And then she says we have a menage a trois of options. I would say
0: generally nobody on the other side of the cringe is ever thinking about it, which is what makes the cringe. So I was at a party maybe six months ago with a friend of mine who I know is like hyper aware of like being embarrassed and embarrassing things. She says my favorite thing, which is she doesn't like to go to plays because it's really embarrassing
1: to watch people pretend to be other people. And I'm like, that's like, I get it. Like, she's hyper aware of embarrassing things, sometimes which she's imagining for like how embarrassing for those actors. They must feel so embarrassed. Almost
0: all of which are embarrassed. But I also know what she means that like why are we all sitting here pretending this guy is Sweeney Todd when it's really Josh Groban? Like, I get it. Like, it's all...
1: Who is it embarrassing for? Is it embarrassing for all of us? It's embarrassing for everyone Everyone in the audience. Everybody involved.
0: And then if it's bad, it's just like the energy is turned up on the embarrassment. You know, it's just life was very embarrassing. And she was interacting with somebody at the party and was like, oh, and didn't your uh, daughter recently get engaged? And like the woman was like, very blank faced. And then she said, Oh, I think you're thinking of, you know, Sheila, some other woman involved in the organization. And we were walking away from the interaction. And her husband was like, please don't think about that at three o'clock in the morning for the next six months. And she went, thanks, but I will. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. Like, that person does not care that you mistook her for the woman whose daughter got engaged. But you know, that feeling of like, I said, like the flight attendant said, have a good trip. And you said, or the ticket counter agent said, have a good trip. And you said, you too, even though they just work there. And you're like, okay, I have to think about that for the whole plane flight that I said something stupid. And that person hears it 40 times a day.
1: I'm going back to this audience thing, because it occurs to me, I was in an audience over the weekend, again, won't divulge too many details, but it was a singing performance. And I was in an audience of, you know, 300 like strangers, like it wasn't a, like my kid's grade school or anything. It was an audience where I didn't know anybody in the audience and people were singing. Different groups were each singing like a song or two. And one song just went like so off the rails, like they lost the note or they couldn't hear each other or something. And this chorus just went into the weeds. And you know that moment where like you are sitting there, then you are embarrassed. You're embarrassed for everybody. Like we are all going to sit here and look at our laps and pretend that we don't know that this is not going well and this doesn't sound right. And then they like went into a next verse. Like, oh, there's more. There's going to be two more minutes of nobody on the right note. And we're all going to sit here and we are going to collectively engage and pretending this isn't happening, pretending this is fine, in order to save this person from the full level of their cringe. Like we're good humans sometimes is what I'm saying.
0: We're trying, but like the cringe, this is like, and I have no appetite for cringe inducing humor, but like, this is what Sasha Baron Cohen often taps into so brilliantly. Yes.
1: He's my favorite.
0: And the one I think about is he's at, he's like pretending to be Borat and he's at a, like some small local city council meeting and they're like trying to be so like welcome and cultural exchange and learning all about your culture and he walks in and he's like we will now observe the traditional Kazakhstani 16 minutes of silence and then he sits and he just puts his head down and then they all have to sit there for 16 minutes like in total silence, because nobody's gonna be like w-. and they do it right nobody's gonna be like this sucks it's too long right yeah. <laughs> 16. Yes. <laughs> oh collective cringe it's so painful
1: oh all right here's one we can all identify with Danielle says she's a volleyball coach for eight to ten year olds and after the game you know they line up to sort of high five the other team great job Danielle gets to the other coach she says I thought it would be sophisticated with a handshake but she was still in her high five era so I ended up just kind of grasping her open hand I'm certain she thinks I'm a creepy creepster that grabs hands at inappropriate times
0: That's such a bad feeling. When you mess up the handshake and you just... And when you're like, are we shaking hands or are we hugging?
1: Like somebody that you kind of know?
0: What about when you go in for the hug and you kind of... Then it's like, are we kissing on the cheek and then you accidentally kiss the person on the mouth and it's like some weirdo? And then you have to over...
1: like I just went to shake hands with somebody who went in for a hug. I'm like, oh, that's right. Let's go in for a hug. And then I have to like... I feel like I have to over enthusiastically... Say, no, we are doing this to make them feel less cringy, And then I'm left feeling cringy. Like, why am I acting so weird? It's, it's bad. We weren't supposed to do this stuff anymore. We were just supposed to like wave and fist bump after the pandemic. And then we all just slid right back.
0: I really, I mean, we've discussed it before. Amy. I really thought we were getting out of handshaking. I thought we'd shoot our leg out of that bear trap and then we're right back in it. We're right back in it. Why are we right? We're right back in it. Horrible. Julie, when she was eight, got dared while they were walking home from school, to give the finger to a passing car. She reluctantly agreed because she was afraid of being called a coward. This is how all bad things happen when you're, in, when you're <laughs> eight years old. She flipped off the next oncoming car and the driver waved at me because it was my
1: third grade teacher.
0: Yeah, I can see why you're still thinking about that in your like 40s, you know, that's a tough one.
1: I would be not that you're the age of the third grade teacher, you know, at least, right? Do you look at that? Like that teacher must have gone home. And I hope and laughed so hard, right? Like, where do you hear what just happened to me today?
0: There's also something about grammar school cringe that stays with you forever, you know, like we were talking recently with some friends of mine who are You know, decades out of grammar school. And we were talking about an embarrassing thing that happened. And one of my friends was saying, we were talking about back in the 70s, you had like polo shirts, but they were long. So they were dresses. Like it was like picture like a collared shirt, but then at the bottom it just keeps going. So it's a dress. I think that
1: like Frank and Eileen still serves me that sort of a dress every time I go on. Yeah, it's like a preppy
0: look. Like it's like a man's shirt, but then it keeps going into a dress. And she showed up in school in it with red tights and her polo dress, which she thought was like such a cool look. And then when she walked into school, one of the boys yelled across the cafeteria, where's your pants, Cherry Legs? (laughs) And she can still quote that phrase like in her, you know, midlife, where's your pants, Cherry Legs? It's like it went right to the, yes. it was just like went right into the hippocampus and it's just locked there forever. Like. And then you have to walk around for the next like six hours being
1: like, people think I don't have any pants on. And you have to go to school there. Right. You have to see these people again. That's why it's so hard. Right. You're in a cringe inducing environment with hundreds of your peers and then you have to do it every day. Like that's why being a grown-up's better in that one way. Oh, so much better. All right. We have so much more cringe. We'll be back after this. Can I go to Jenna's because I feel like this is a cringe I can deeply identify with. Jenna cringes at literally anything she posted on Facebook from 2007 to 2013 or so. She said, I, she says, I can't handle the on this day posts reminding me what I thought was like so clever and worth publishing back to the internet back then. Do you get these, these things every day that like, here's what you said in 2007. It's like, Amy, I just got someone yesterday said, Amy Wilson thinks. Mario Van Peebles is full of himself. I'm like, wow, what? what was your beef with Mario Van Peebles? I don't know. I went and looked and I'm like, this is like a little bunmo I was playing with that day. I don't know what my problem was with Mario Van Peebles. Right, because back in the day it was Amy Wilson is or Amy Wilson thinks and you did these full sentences. I hate them. I don't like being reminded of them. I don't like being reminded of the person I was on Facebook Back when I was like, everybody wants to hear what I have to say every day.
0: Agree. I think that
1: social media, and they're
0: trying to pass laws about this because actually like they're starting to pass laws that now, this is like the first generation of kids that's coming up who their parents posted about them. And so they're trying to pass laws basically where any kid at 18 can be like, I want my social footprint deleted and that it, whoever has to do it, you know, I don't know. It
1: includes their parents' social footprint that is pictures of them. Like, here's Carson. Correct.
0: Because you can imagine that, like, first of all, it's cringe, but also maybe there's a million reasons why you're like, I actually don't want a million pictures of me up on the internet. Mm -hmm. But even for ourselves, I feel like all social media should be Snapchat. Like, it should disappear after a day. Right. We don't need to look back on any of these
1: things. I definitely don't want to be reminded that I thought I was clever about something. I don't even remember what it is.
3: Like,
0: Yeah, Mario Von Peebles. (laughs) I have a friend... I barely know who Mario Van Peebles is. I'm not really sure. I mean, I barely know who he is. I mean, yeah. Why did you take time out of your day to publicly shame him? I don't know. Anybody knows why
1: I was mad at him. (laughs) 15 years ago.
0: I know someone who I will not name because this can't come out. I mean, I don't even know if I should leave breadcrumbs enough, but she's now a very successful person. And I'm going to say in the 80s, maybe she was at a Julian Lennon concert. So Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, had a brief career as a-
1: Hey Jude was written about him.
0: Yeah. And he had a couple of songs. Like I don't know if he was good or bad. I, I have no opinion about Julian Lennon. But he was, for a moment in the 80s, a person who performed. Probably still does. And she- she went to a Julian Lennon concert as whatever, a 13-year-old, and there was footage of her from the parking lot holding a sign, and she was dressed like a lunatic, of course, because it was 1983 or whatever.
1: It was cherry legs. Cherry legs, probably.
0: <laughs> and she and her friend, I'm sure goaded on by the people who were filming them, were, sang a song of their own composition dedicated to Julian Lennon about how much they loved Julian Lennon. And it was unsightly in every way, but it was cute because they were 13. Meanwhile, this footage makes it into Julian Lennon's, like some biographical film about him. Oh
1: no, like a documentary. Yeah.
0: And is now like available on the internet. I know other people in college. We used to go to like, I went to college in New York City and you could get tickets. They would fill the audiences with The Ricky Lake show, the Maury Povich show, like back in in the 90s, there was a lot of like violent talk shows. A lot of
1: talk shows. Right, right. You
0: would go and someone would be like, I don't care that my man, I had a baby with my mother's man or whatever crazy scenario they'd come up with. And then the job of the audience was to stand up and be like, you're disgusting. You had a baby with your mother's man. And I definitely know people in college who, thinking it was funny in college, would like go and like have a boozy- time at the bar and then we got tickets to ricky lake and there is like footage on youtube of them drunkenly being like you had sex with your sister's girlfriend you're disgusting like just screaming as members it's like this could ruin your career if this ever came out
1: and now there's AI that will, can completely just scan, like, every bit of it, like, oh, so Margaret Abel showed up here and here and one time, right? She was on the news when she was seven. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, you got to – and nowadays, I mean, that, like, someone had to digitize it and get it online and it had to be – but, I mean, it's all there, you know? My dad was on a game show in 19. 19- 49. It's on YouTube. Like if, if you were filmed doing something, people can access it.
1: Let's go back to some private indiscretions on email. Julie says she had a fantastic date with a guy. She emailed her friend and she says, you can tell this was a long time ago because she didn't text her, or, you know, Marco Polo her. She emailed her friend pressed send, lots of details all about how the date went and what the kiss was like and stuff. She woke up the next morning to find out she had not sent the email to the friend, but to the guy that she had had the date with. And I wanted this to end like, and now we're married and we laugh about it. But like, did he read the email, Julie, and just be like, oh, she talked about our kiss weird. I don't like her. That is cringe.
0: I mean, if we want to get into dating <laughs> cringe, I've got a million of them. I mean, I am the cringiest part. Thank God, my husband like married me and knows that I'm a weirdo because I was the cringiest of all the daters.
1: Yeah. I don't miss that.
0: I was like needy, like waiting by the phone, drunk dialing people constantly. I mean, mistakes were made, but the cringiest thing I ever did in this category was a friend of mine went on a date with a guy and she's like, well, or she was dating a guy and she wrote me an email. I'm having these problems and I think, and he doesn't seem to be prioritizing me. And I wrote back like a four paragraph email that was like, listen, this guy's a loser. He's using you. He sounds like a creep. He's one of those like cologne wearing monsters who thinks they're better than I'm. And then the next morning I woke up to an email that was like, I don't know who the hell you are. But, and it was the guy. I had sent it to the guy. I had sent it to the original.
1: She forwarded
0: me the email from the guy. And she was like, what do you make of this? And I wrote like a line by line, like four page critique. And I sent it to him.
1: I suppose you took care of the problem. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the end of the relationship.
0: Yeah. So maybe I did. Maybe I solved the problem. Maybe
1: it's that forward thing. I mean, I definitely like I copy it. I put it into a Word doc. And I do this. And then I start a new email. I mean, we've all been burned by that by that forward thing.
0: Yeah, I worked somewhere once where two of the people at the, like, 600-person corporation were dating, walk in one morning, I vaguely knew the person involved, and I was like, huh, I wonder where they're emailing me, and it was, like, some thoughts, I was like, oh, this is odd, and I open it, and it was, like, a two-page breakup letter that, like, went into a lot of details about their times together And thoughts about the relationship and tried to send it on the corporate system to the person involved and sent it to the entire corporation, 700 people.
1: That's so bad. bad. All right, I need a light one. I need a palate cleanser for that one. Anna Lynn, she's living in Portugal right now and trying really hard to learn Portuguese, but she's still a beginner. She's trying to get all of her kids into school one morning. And she says, I'm yelling at my oldest, asking if he has a particular item he needs for school. He says, what? I yell the same word back, and I really enunciate it. He says, what? Back and forth, back and forth. I realize everyone is staring at me, some with horrified expressions, some laughing. I thought they all just thought I was being a loud American. No, my friend let me know later that I was basically yelling the F word in Portuguese at school. (laughs)
0: Yeah, my sister-in-law is engaged to a Finnish fellow and has many of these stories as she's desperately trying to learn the new language and meeting his family and saying incredibly inappropriate things.
1: You know, you'd think they'd be more considerate and not have their dirty words be similar to, you know, harmless English words. They should really think of that for us ahead of time.
0: Yeah, my mom tells a story about being in France and she was could speak French, but then she kept, it was raining And she was at a hotel and she was trying to get them to set to, like, do you have any loner umbrellas? And she kept saying pomplomous, which is the word for umbrella. And then the guy finally stopped her and was like, do you wish to have grapefruit or do you (laughs) want a parapluie? And like a parapluie is actually umbrella and a pomplomous is a grapefruit.
1: Parapluie is umbrella and pomplomous. And so, yeah. And she had been angrily asking for demanding grapefruits in the lobby of the hotel. Demanding a grapefruit the whole time. (laughs) it's like that's not the word you're looking for tiffany was a junior in high school moving in a high school cringe i mean that's the worst con we think eighth grade is bad oh. Oh, oh so bad junior in high school cast your mind back tiffany's in a crowded cafeteria feeling warm starts to take her hoodie off you guessed it my t-shirt was headed off on an adventure with my hoodie tiffany says the bottom of my bra became visible her principal who was a woman like comes like roaring in from the side, grabs the bottom of Tiffany's t-shirt and pulls just before anything else became visible. The table with all the jocks was not far from where I was standing. Still feel embarrassed about flashing most of my high school.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've done it. This is the hand, like cartwheels too. So cartwheel. Be careful. <laughs> cartwheels. Tuck in before you
1: cartwheel, people. <laughs> don't learn
0: from my mistakes. Tuck that shirt in before you cartwheel.
1: Oh, I was thinking about what you had underneath. Like, did you have like shorts underneath your skirt? It's for you forget what you're wearing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hoodie pull off. I mean, it's funny now too, because every once in a while I'll go to pull a hoodie off. And like, if an inch of my abdomen
1: shows, my kids
0: are like, mom, like they're so tuned in to like, I'm like, a, I don't care
1: anymore. Right, right. You go ahead and look. Right. I'm like, go ahead and look. There's
0: nothing much to see here. But yeah, my kids are like, oh my God, like you flashed an inch of... They're like puritanical, like uh, people from the Victorian era. (laughs) A flash of ankle.
1: (gasps) Jessa has kind of a legendary one that I can't identify with, but I love it. When I was 11, I was on the swim team. Again, we're back in, in the formative years of our lives, right? Jessa's on the swim team. She's in a relay race. It was near dusk. And I thought I saw the wall to flip my turn on the 50-yard leg. But after I flipped, I went to push off and no wall. I was only three quarters of the way down the pool. The whole team was disqualified because she didn't complete her leg. I can still remember that horrible feeling of no wall meeting my feet. (laughs) She quit swim team after that year and became a runner. Or at least you can see the finish line. Hopefully it turned well for her. This
0: is giving me the most like cringe-inducing. There are certain things, and I think about this with my kids, like the terror that I was going through that like I shared with no one is that when you, I played varsity volleyball. It was terrible, but like nobody played, I guess. I mean, I was really bad, but I played. Then, but when I was on GV, I guess, somebody had to be the line judge, like somebody from the team would be the line judge for the varsity matches, right? So your job was to stand at the back line and be like, it's in or it's out when the ball landed. I do not concentrate well. I also have a visual handicap that I probably should have shared with people that I have a sight problem where my depth perception is very bad and whatever. I could not handle the pressure. And they would just be like, okay, you're line judge for the next game. And then you would stand up there and I would be like, I don't know if it went in or out. I would just make a random call, It was often against my own team who would not speak to me the whole time going home. I would like cry myself to sleep at night thinking about having to be the line judge. I should have just been like, I have a visual handicap. I cannot participate. But I still remember, I mean, you're you're listening to it, but picture It's like, this was in. You put your hands like flat in front of you and this was out. Like, it was like, picture like an airline stewardess being like, here are the two exits. Like, in was forward. And like, I will still have dreams that I'm doing the hand gestures, like basically the ball would bounce and I would just make whatever random hand gesture I thought, because I would realize people were looking at me and then people would boom, you know, they were like, (laughs) what the hell is wrong with her? That has nothing to do with whether it was in or out. But rather than just go to someone and be like, I'm trapped in a nightmare. I have to stop being line judge. I just kept participating.
1: Why do we do that? Like, why looking back, right? Like, why didn't you just speak up the first time? Like, oh, I, I I, can't tell. I have a weird thing. I can't tell.
0: No, I spent like three years in a hell of my own making because I didn't
1: just say like, I don't want to be the line judge. There's a lesson in there for all of us that we'll never learn. We'll be right back. Fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is L U M E N dot M E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode.
4: Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
0: And now, things we say that make us suspect we might be oldie locks from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Ugh, I hurt myself turning over too vigorously while I was napping.
1: Oh, that wasn't long ago. It was about, like, ten years ago in the late 90s. I hope they gave you a discount on those jeans with the big holes in them. I can't understand any of the words to this song. Is it from the TikTok? Why is Madonna playing on the oldies station? Honey, don't worry. If I'm going to be late, I'll leave you a
0: message on the answering machine on your cell phone. Hold on. I'll be right there. I just need to get up from the
1: couch. Kids, stop screaming in the car or I can't concentrate to parallel park. I just need to print out this email so I can read it more carefully. Oh, let
0: me get a picture. You look so cute. OK, hold on. Somehow it's on video. Oh, no, wait. Now it's me. No, I don't want a picture of my face. How do I flip the camera? Please stay still. You're so cute. I'm going to get it. What is portrait mode?
1: You know, back in my day,
0: this has been things we say now that make us suspect we are oldie locks
1: from the What Fresh Hell podcast.
0: Kristen says, I accidentally turned onto a freshly paved road that a road worker was trying to direct me away from. Once I realized my mistake, I looked in my rearview mirror and the poor man was just standing with his head down and shaking it from side to side like a disappointed father. I swear, he probably still talks about me to this day.
1: He's not mad. He's just disappointed. He's just
0: disappointed. I want to speak to this because this is my nightmare. I... Feel like the flagger people who are like, you stop, you guys go. First of all, they're not that dedicated to their craft, those people. Like the other day I pulled up, there's somebody building a house. We have curvy, narrow roads in my town. And the guy's like, just go ahead. And then I went to pull out and there was a guy barreling towards me. There was nobody on the other side. And then like four different people are yelling at me. And this is the kind of thing that really keeps me up night. I'm like, I need to write an angry letter to the six people who were involved in that situation to clarify the fact that none of what happened was my fault. And like we didn't actually smash, so there was no reason to have a conversation. But then the guy in front of me is yelling at me. I'm trying to back up, and now there's people behind me. Everyone's yelling and screaming at like the dumb lady, and I was blameless, Amy. I was completely blameless.
1: He clearly indicated you should proceed.
0: He said I should go, but that being said, there is nothing that sends me into a frozen deer-in-the-headlights panic, like coming upon a situation where like gruff- Construction workers are giving me driving instructions that I have to follow. I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. I'm just trying to go to ShopRite. Like, I did not consent to being involved in like James Bond level traffic maneuvering to get around whatever the line is. And then I'm going to drive through it and people are going to be like, what a dumb broad. Like, that is my. It's another source of great discomfort and upset for me. And you're like,
1: shame, shame. The shame is mine. I am a dumb broad who, right, who didn't follow the instructions that I was given, except wait, I did follow the instructions that I was given.
0: I mean, highest degree of difficulty is if in you're in New York City and it's like, I'm driving a minivan and it's like, go ahead right through here. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm going to fit, but then my only options are to like, Further interact with angry construction guy, or just try to wedge myself through and possibly like ruin the whole night because I scraped someone's car. Like those situations are my true nightmare, Amy.
1: My nightmare. Those are the. I mean, every time I live in New York City, I don't drive that much in this city. I'm mostly if I'm in the cars because we're leaving to go somewhere, leaving you know, going over a bridge and tunnel and escaping from Manhattan. But even just the coming back, yeah, like you have to squeeze through all the time. I'm doing the thing where like you have to put in both of your mirrors to squeeze through a, if your car is, I am making this up if my car is 32 inches wide, the, it's more than that, but whatever, we'll just call it 32 inches. The opening is like 33.15 inches wide. And I've got to try to get through it. I don't, it's so stressful.
0: That whole situation. And like the guy is sitting in the booth or wherever he is, even if you're just walking, wherever you are, he understands what's supposed to happen. And he said it 30 times, but I'm just coming again. I'm just trying to like go to the convention hall. I haven't signed up to be part of this rat's maze thing that they've, they're doing. And the guy's like, you just go left down there around. And I'm like, I I don't understand. And then you're standing there like a, like a deer in the headlights. Like, what are you even saying? I have no background information. And now I'm being yelled at like an idiot. And like, you're somewhere just staring at me. Oh, I hate that situation. I
1: hate it. Never stand on the sidewalk and direct me like parallel parking. Oh, that happens all the time in New York City. Like, let un- me give you a hand uninvited. I did not opt in to your, I can gestures, right? They make you stressed and I'm messing up. He doesn't think I'm parking well enough. I will abandon a perfectly good parking spot if somebody decides it's their job to help me.
0: There's a great, I hate to say it because he's, you know, he's made mistakes since, but there's, I think it's Annie Hall. There's a great scene where Woody Allen just randomly starts directing. He's like, yeah, back up. You can take it back a little more. And then the guy crashes in the car behind him. He's like, you got it right there. You got, and he just keeps walking. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you have no buy-in to my situation and I, I don't want your help.
1: You don't know what it's like to be me.
0: The other really bad version of this, Amy, is... People parenting your children out in public, right? Like the people who just also want to wander by and be like, you really ought to mind your manners. This happens a lot to me in certain Southern places.
1: Mariana, this is sort of a complicated one. And I'm on your side, Mariana. I think that you didn't misunderstand anything. See so if you agree with me. She was in a high school marching band. We're back in high school because we, here we are. She was at a competition at a location that had little trains, like a kid's train at the zoo. Lots of setup here, guys. Little train at the zoo. You can picture that. I love this story, though. It's worth it. It pays off. So she was towards the front of the train. She says, this lady came up to us. Perhaps she was the train conductor's wife. Let's just assume, right? A lady comes up, Mrs. Santa, comes up with two packs of saltine crackers. And she says to Mariana, take one and pass it back. So Mariana opens the package of saltines and takes one and passes it back. And she's thinking maybe we're going to feed ducks or something. I'm not sure why we're doing this. Then the lady goes on to explain that the crackers were for her husband's soup and she wanted us to deliver them to him at the end of the train tracks. I realized in total embarrassment that take one and pass it back was referring to the package of crackers, not an individual cracker, and now I would have to sheepishly hand this man an open package of crackers for his soup.
0: I mean, Mariana is faultless here.
1: I mean, it's a very confusing interaction, but... With the take one part, just pass it back, right? Yeah. The train conductor's wife, this is like a logic problem. If the train conductor's wife said take one and pass it back, what other meaning could there be to take one?
0: The first time I went to a fancy spa
1: with my bestie, we sat down
0: and there were rolls, you know, a washcloth with ice and cucumbers, and we opened them and ate the cucumbers. And we didn't realize that they were for your eyes. And then like four other people came in and put the cucumbers on their eyes. And we were like, oh, we were kind of confused. Like, why would you roll up a snack inside of a towel? <laughs> it was just so that the cucumbery water would soak onto your eyes. But we were just sitting there eating,
1: having a little nosh. Mariana was just like, she was just on the train. She was just a passenger. She, was, she did not ask to be involved in this man's lunch. She was opted into labor, given manifestly unclear instructions and now she's the jerk that she has one of his crackers in her hand did you eat it that's what i want to know did you eat the cracker that you took out <laughs> so did you hide the evidence i would i think i would At hide that it. point what do you do do you just i'd be like oops they fell out of the zoo train that we're on sorry what a strange story yeah
0: i've definitely been in those situations where someone's like that was not for you you're like, oh, my bad. Yeah, someone hands you something to be like, give this to someone else, and then you eat it. And it's like, that was for somebody else. But again, like, you're just trying to ride the train. You can't be blamed. <laughs> it's not your fault. Right. right. I reject that cringe. That's not yours. Absolutely. Zoom, Amy. So many Zoom problems. I mean, Zoom is such a source. I mean, Now, many a famous story, unfortunately, about things that can go wrong on Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. Sarah says she was hosting a Zoom webinar for work. Webinars, particularly dangerous, friends. Because you think you're off camera. You're presenting and then you don't realize you're on camera. 50 people in the audience, all colleagues and constituents. After I introduced the panelists, I thought I turned my camera off. I only hid myself from my own view. There I was on camera slouching all over the place, putting my hair in a ponytail, taking it down, checking my phone, making weird faces. 15 minutes in, my boss messaged me, do you know your camera is on? Luckily, I was able to edit myself out of the recording, but all those
1: people who were watching it live know my shame. I mean, Zoom is such a Bad place for her. I would cringe if I was watching this person who didn't know she was on camera on camera. Like I cringe for me. You know Like I'd like, oh, how can I like hide that person? How can I move stuff around so I don't have to look at that person I feel as embarrassed for myself as I do f- for her and this whole weird Zoom culture that we live in? Do you know what I'm saying?
0: I've gotten to the point where I do not like, I don't do anything on Zoom. I wouldn't... For example, we work on Zoom a lot. We record on Zoom. I'm on Zoom all day at different meetings with different people since the pandemic. I work from home. If I'm on a work meeting, even if I turn my camera off, like, okay, in five minutes after this meeting, I have to go meet my friend at the gym, but I'm in regular clothes. I cannot... Put the camera off and like change clothes off screen. Like, I'm somehow convinced that the Zoom meeting will suck me back in front of the camera and like people will see me naked, like, or in my bra.
1: That it just sort of turns back on.
0: I don't do it. Like, I never mute the phone and I'm like, I'm talking to this jerk over here. Like, I just take no chances.
1: Mm -hmm. I would agree with that approach. Would you wait 15 minutes though? Like, if somebody was, (laughs) if you were making weird faces and looking at your phone it's not quite, see, I see what happens.
0: Like if she had started taking her clothes off, like if she started doing something wildly inappropriate, but if you're just like listening to a meeting and you're like, I'm clipping my nails, I'm like, it's not, I get where it never quite crosses the line that I want to be like, right, hey, right. You're, you're on camera and you're embarrassing yourself because that's kind of a big like onus on the other person to be like,
1: she must not know. Right. But it has to get pretty far before you realize that that's why it was 15 minutes
0: and who's the i mean it was her boss like who's the person who's going to be like does that person not realize they're on camera right putting your hair in a ponytail and taking it
1: back out is
0: like it's like you might do that right at what point does it cross the line and thank god like nothing so terrible but oh the cringe i'm gonna go have to like take a hot shower to get this cringe off of me there was so much cringy stuff (laughs) (laughs) maybe Sorry for all the cringe, you guys. Yeah, and let me tell you, all you could say is that the good news is everybody's cringier than you.: Yeah right. I'm not saying you're not cringy because you are. It's super cringy.:
1: It's part of the full human experience.:
0: It's part of the full human experience to have the three o'clock moment where you called somebody by the ex-girlfriend's name. like it's part of the full human experience. So Apple Podcasts.
1: Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? Have you left us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts? Because we are at about 800 reviews, which is amazing. 800 listeners have reached out on Apple Podcasts to say, well, we love the show and this is why. Apple Podcasts really like shows that have a thousand reviews. Why? I don't know. Reasons. So our goal is to get from 800 reviews to a thousand reviews. So if you love this show and you have not left us a review yet, it doesn't have to be long. You can just throw us some stars and say, listen every week, whatever. And it doesn't have to be a big time commitment, but we would love your reviews for the show. That would be awesome. Thanks
0: for doing that. And with that, go cringe. Go do even more cringy things until we talk to
1: you next time. (laughs) So long, Hellions.